This is More Christianity, exploring the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church with Father Dwight Longenecker, former Anglican priest, now Catholic author, blogger, and speaker. And now, from the WCKI studios in upstate South Carolina, Father Dwight Longenecker. Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and this is a weekly program discussing the fullness of the faith in the Catholic Church. Week by week, we go through four different topics. There will be one week talking to someone about their conversion to the Catholic faith or their conversion back to the Catholic faith as it happens or their deeper conversion to Jesus Christ because more Christianity is about the fullness of the faith. And when we hear conversion stories, that inspires us to go further up and further in with Jesus Christ. The second week, we'll be considering the life story of a saint. The third week, we'll be dealing with Catholic Church and culture, television and movies and books and literature and, and liturgy and music and all sorts of things like that. And again, I'll be talking about a, about a particular theme, and we'll have a guest with me to talk about those particular topics. And then the fourth week, we'll be dealing with the work that the Catholic Church does in the world, involved in politics and pro-life work, involved in ministering to the poor, involved in mission and evangelization. And uh, I'll be talking about that week by week, and then hopefully having a guest as well. Now, Today's, therefore, is Catholic Church and Culture. So I have as my guest in the second half of the program, Joseph Pierce, a good friend of mine, a well-known writer, biographer, Catholic author, and also an Englishman who's going to be able to uh, talk about English literature and the Catholic Church. This program is coming to you as a ministry of Our Lady of the Rosary Catholic Church in Greenville, South Carolina. Again, I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, the pastor at Our Lady of the Rosary Catholic Church. We invite you to join us there at Our Lady of the Rosary for Mass. Our church is found at the junction of Augusta Road and I-85. It's easy to find. Come and join us there when you get the chance. So today we're talking especially about the occult, about the devil, demon possession, and all those very startling aspects of our faith. And I'm talking about this because today's strand in more Christianity is about the Catholic Church and culture. And uh, recently I went to see this movie called The Right. It's the latest of uh, exorcism movies which have come out. It's starring Anthony Hopkins. It's, it's a pretty good movie. It's about an exorcist in Rome and a young seminarian who has doubts about his faith and doubts about the demonic. And he goes and works with this exorcist and has some experiences which convince him that the devil is real. I must admit when I watched this, this film, it was pretty upsetting because I had also had an experience of demonic possession. I wasn't demonically possessed, but I did actually witness a young girl who had been dabbling with the occult, and she had a demonic infestation, and a, an exorcist came, and I saw the devil being cast out, and it's a real, and it's a shocking phenomenon. Happily, it's very rare. Most instances, uh, the problems which are there are emotional or mental illness or emotional illness, relationship problems, addiction problems, and other things which have a demonic or evil manifestations but are not actually demonic possession. However, sometimes... It really does happen. Someone will dabble in the occult in some way. They'll get interested in the dark side of, of things, and they'll be opening themselves up to demonic forces. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite writers, said about the demonic, if you summon up the demons, uh, if you call them up in some sort of rite or ritual, don't be surprised if they show up because they're real uh, and they respond to your call. They respond to some way of uh, being involved in it. Now, when we talk about the demonic, one of the things which is very important to remember is that our human will is always involved. God has given us free will, and our free will is kind of like a, a little sharing of God. with his, He shares part of his omnipotence with us. We're created in his, in his image, therefore we would have a little bit of all of his attributes. He's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, and therefore he gives us, if you like, a little bit of his omnipotence in giving us free will. He says, you can actually make up your mind, you can do what you want. 
And the human will is very strong. The human will is uh, full of strength that God gives us to be determined and to accomplish great things, but also to align our will with God's will. So when we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're aligning our will with God's will. We're hitching our will with his will. And that's why the Lord says with God, all things are possible, because if we join our will with his, soon we can do amazing things. On the other hand, we can join our will with other forces. We can turn our will away from God. We can turn our will towards the dark side. And for people who do that through sin and through addiction and through continued sin and, and, uh, and wickedness, they soon open themselves up to the devil. One of the clearest and simplest ways for a person to open up their lives to the devil and open up their will is to be involved in the occult. People say to me, and I, I work as a Catholic high school chaplain, and the teenagers are always interested in this topic, and they say, well, how would this happen? And sometimes they're frightened that they might have done something to open themselves up. And I say, you know, you have to really go out looking for the devil, and you have to open yourself up to him in some clear way, usually through the occult, tarot cards, Ouija boards, fortune-telling, witchcraft, seances, raising, this, trying to summon up the dead. Uh, all these kind of um, different activities can open you up to the devil. And so, of course, concerned parents, Christian parents, then look around at the, the video games which our kids play, at the movies which the kids watch, and they're rightly concerned about these different aspects of popular culture which might be opening up their children to, to dark forces. And indeed, I've known a teenage boy who got addicted to, to um, role-play games, video role-play games, and really his life went right downhill. Before long, he was overshadowed by darkness and evil. Um, he developed a drug problem, and he, he, nearly, he nearly took his own life. And so it's true. All of these things can actually open up our young people, open up anyone, but especially young people who are vulnerable um, to the dark side of the spiritual realm. So when that actually happens, however, it's almost always with a young person who has not got their defenses up. And by the defenses, what I mean is a simple practice of the Catholic faith, going to Mass regularly, saying our prayers, going to confession, staying in touch with God, all these things deliver us from evil. That's the other aspect of the Lord's Prayer. We not only say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we say every time in the Lord's Prayer, but deliver us from evil. And so the Lord's Prayer and the simple practice of the Catholic faith is a sure defense against any infiltration and infestation of the devil. Nevertheless, there are things we should steer clear of. It's no good to say that you love Jesus on a Sunday and then spend the rest of your week involved in the occult and in the dark side of all these um, fascinating but, but horrible things. One of the big areas of concern, therefore, for a lot of Christian parents is Harry Potter. In the Harry Potter novels by the British author J.K. Rowling, of course, everyone must know about them. They're huge. Harry Potter is a young witch, a young warlock, I suppose, who gets taken off to Hogwarts school, where it's a school of witchcraft, and everybody's there with their magic wands and flying broomsticks training to be witches. And some Christian parents are very concerned about this and, and worried that this is going to open the door to Satan and that uh, the study of witchcraft and the practice of witchcraft is something which is going to lead their kids into the occult, lead them into the dark side. After the break, I'm going to be talking with my friend Joseph Pierce about the phenomenon of Harry Potter. Is it okay for your kids as Christians, as Catholics, to be reading Harry Potter books and watching the Harry Potter movies? Could they go to the Harry Potter theme park, which is open up in Florida? Is that okay? Where do you draw the line? Is it just a harmless story like Wizard of Oz or any other story that has witches in it and there's really nothing any worse than, you know, a fairy tale or a Disney movie? Or is it something which is secretly insidious, something which is in which the devil is working as, as hard as he can and as secretly as he can to try to get his toe in the door and take over the lives of our, of our dear children and infiltrate their lives with evil? There are Christians, there are Catholics on both sides of that debate. 
Some say, yes, dear, clear of Harry Potter. It's, it's something of the devil. Don't touch it with a long pole. Others say, no, it's just harmless. You know, it's just a story of witches and magic, just like any other fairy tale. Don't worry about that. Joseph Pierce is going to be here to talk with me. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and you're listening to More Christianity. This is a weekly program with four different programs every month discussing the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. This is brought to you by Our Lady of the Rosary Parish in Greenville, South Carolina. We're at the junction of Augusta Road and I-85, and we're in partnership here with Catholic Radio in South Carolina. Again, we're talking today about the influence of the occult in the church. I must admit, when I first got involved in the healing ministry as a younger priest, I was dubious about all these things, and like a lot of people, I wanted to write off the devil and say, oh, well, the devil's really just a kind of symbol. He's a projection of our own dark side, our own shadow side. It doesn't really exist. And those stories about demonic possession in the Bible, they were probably people who were mentally ill, and Jesus was just able to help them. For a time, I actually thought that, until I went to a parish where there was actually a witch's coven. This was in England, and the witch's coven was active. When I tell people about this, I say they weren't actually ladies with green skin and pointy noses that ride on broomsticks. These were actually real people who did nasty stuff, who got up to evil and were bad things. They cast spells on people, and they practiced satanic worship. And they had a bad influence in that town. I saw various young people who used to hang around with them and experienced one girl who actually was infested by a dark force, uh, which I can only call a demon. And I saw her face change, and I heard a horrible supernatural voice, and I saw all the outward manifestations of demonic possession. And I then saw Christ's love and forgiveness come in to take authority over that demon and, and cast it out for the girl to be delivered. So I've seen it. It's real. And we're discussing how that influence might be activated in other people's lives. Can we open up ourselves to the devil through horror films, through violent and and dark video games, through books, through literature? How can it happen and how can we steer clear of it? My guest in the second half is going to be Joseph Pierce, well-known author, biographer, Englishman, writer, and uh, he's written about children's literature. He's written about uh, J.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, all the great English writers. And we're going to be talking to him in the second half. Stay tuned. Why not connect with Father Longenecker every day through his popular blog, Standing on My Head? Why the weird title? Because G.K. Chesterton said, a scene is most often more clearly seen when it is seen upside down. In Standing on My Head, Father Longenecker writes on current issues, blogs about the faith, and entertains with his wacky alter egos, inspiring us to stand firm in our Catholic faith, a faith which stands the world on its head. Welcome back to More Christianity. This is the second half of our program today, talking about Harry Potter. In the first half, we were talking about the dangers of the occult and demon possession and how uh, the devil might influence our lives. And the question was, is Harry Potter a danger to our children? Can they read Harry Potter books and look at Harry Potter movies? Can they go to the Harry Potter theme park innocently and have fun? Or are they dabbling in the dark side when they do so and their souls are endangered? I've got as my, my guest here today, Joseph Pierce. Good afternoon, Joseph. Good afternoon. And uh, you're familiar with cho- the whole realm of children's literature and fantasy writing and because you're an expert on J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, who wrote the, the Chronicles of Narnia. Are you very familiar with the whole world of Harry Potter? Well, I certainly would not call myself a Harry Potter expert by any means, but I, well, I do keep myself, should we say, up to date with Harry Potter scholarship, with the pros and the cons particularly amongst Christian experts on Harry Potter. Where do they stand? Are they in favor of Harry Potter? Are they against Harry Potter? And it's quite interesting, in fact, that uh, that very good, solid Christian literary writers 
come down on both sides. Right. Uh, which is why I think that this, this sort of discussion, I think, is useful so, for, okay, for parents. Ske- sketch this out for us. What are the extremes of both opinions then? Well, I mean, probably the most uh, vocal and eloquent uh, and outspoken critic of Harry Potter in, 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 in the Christian literary world is uh, the Catholic writer Michael D. O'Brien. He's the writer who wrote Father Elijah and books like that. Exactly. He's, right. written, he's written a series of very, very good novels. He's mm-hmm. a Canadian. And he, he wrote a couple of books. He wrote a book called Landscape with Dragons, which is warning against the bad sort of Christian literature. Uh, sorry, bad sort of children's literature. Uh-huh. But he also wrote very recently, last year, in fact, he published a book called Harry Potter and the Paganization of Culture. That comes down very uh, much against Harry Potter on the basis of that it is ultimately evil, that it's subversive, that it undermines uh, Orthodox Christianity, that it advocates a form of, of uh, relativism and allows for evil means to be used for, for good ends. The parents, you know, if they really want to get on top of this, then rather than allow uh, ignorance one way or the other to, to play upon their minds, they should maybe inform themselves. So Harry Potter and the Paganization of Culture by Michael D. O'Brien is a very good and eloquent case for the prosecution, if you like. Right, a, a, and he's against Harry Potter. Against Harry Potter okay. very, very resolutely and very eloquently. Two, two very good books in favor of Harry Potter. Again, a new one was published just this year by Conan Manlove, who's mm-hmm. a, a Scottish academic taught at the University of Edinburgh. Has a whole uh, list of books on children's literature and children's fantasy going back uh, 35 years. So he's, so he's a, an expert. He's an expert. Right. Now, he's written a book called The Order of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and, I, and I have actually read that. And that, that again, is very, very uh, eloquent in its defense of Harry Potter. And then perhaps not quite as highbrow, not quite as scholarly, is a book by John Granger called Finding God in Harry Potter. Right. So, the, so these are the sort of three books I, w- I would recommend that parents, if they really want to look into it, So let they me check ask you out. a question about these two authors who were in favor of Harry Potter. Are they orthodox Christians or are they kind of liberal wackos or are they not Christians at all? Or, I mean, what, where do you put them in that? Can you categorize them? Well, if, 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 if we want to categorize these writers in terms of their ecclesiology, right. to the best of my knowledge, Michael D. O'Brien is a very good, solid orthodox Catholic. Right. Uh, John Granger, I think, is ne- I think is an evangelical Christian, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Connie Manlove, is solid Christian, a lover of C.S. Lewis. I, right. I, don't, I don't know where his denomination lies. So uh, they, th- these, these three are all Christians that are all coming at it from a Christian perspective. So they're right. not coming at it from a relativistic perspective. So you've got the situation here of good Christians who disagree about this. Exactly. Okay. What's your advice then? Do you take one of those t- two extremes? See, it's a complex question, isn't it? Because if you're opposed to Harry Potter because there's witches in it and there's magic and there's sorcery and there's – well – all of children's literature, for the most part, all, all of children's fantasy literature, these are the stock characters. I mean, are you going to throw out the, the Wizard of Oz because it has the Wicked Witch of the West? Are you going to throw out Grimm's fairy tales because they have witches and, and uh, got fairy godmothers and so forth? Uh, where where well, do you draw the line? I'm sure there are some, should we say, Christian fundamentalists that would say, yes, you do. Don't defend your children from evil by pretending it doesn't exist. Right. So to have a fairy story without a wicked witch or without a, uh, an evil stepmother or without a wolf uh, dressing up as granny, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I mean, the reality, the real world in which we live is full of wolves with sheep clo- sheep's clothing. If we bring our children up in such a way that they don't know of the existence of wolves in sheep's clothing, they will become lambs to the slaughter. Right. You know, so unless you're going to actually somehow try to keep your children living within your four walls as prisoners for the whole of their adult life, which is impossible, mm-hmm. at some stage or other, they're going to fly the nest, they're going to go out into a world which is full of evil and cruelty. So the real question is, how do we educate our children 
about the fact that evil exists. A very interesting book by a child psychologist called Bruno Bietelheim, and it's called The Uses of Enchantment. It's not an easy read, but it's a fascinating read. And he, he goes into this in great detail and shows how the child has a very vivid imagination and their mind works very much with symbols and with symbolic type characters and that the child already is aware of the evil which is out there, aware of the darkness which is out there and is aware of bad people and, and, but, and is frightened of these things and that he argues that children's literature gives them the tools to deal with these threatening forces that already exist within their imagination. Would, uh, you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. The, the key thing is, of course, that evil is unavoidable. We live in a fallen cosmos. We can't pretend that our children live in Eden. They don't. They live in a fallen cosmos. So how do we deal with evil? And the best rule of thumb, and this, of course, is the rule of thumb we should use when we're t- discussing Harry Potter also, is that all art and literature that depicts evil as being ugly and bad is good. Right. In fact, the best literature depicts evil as being very, very ugly and very horrible. Whereas any story, uh, any film, any bit of any art which portrays evil as being attractive or seductive or interesting or funny is immoral. They're the evil works. So the real question, the real issue is, does Harry Potter, do the Harry Potter books, do they seduce us into accepting evil as being something good? Or are they showing evil to be bad? I'm going to jump in here and take Michael O'Brien's point of view. Michael O'Brien's the one who's against Harry Potter, just to to make the discussion interesting and say that, you know, isn't that exactly what Harry Potter does? That it presents our children with role models, Harry and his friends, who are witches. Well, first of all, yes. To say that witchcraft is something which is uh, bona fide, of good faith, is, is clearly problematic from the beginning. The fact that Harry Potter and other so-called good characters, heroes in the works, are willing to use evil means to achieve so-called good ends. We know from The Lord of the Rings that, you know, you can't use the ring for a good end because, you know, that's destructive. You can't use evil means for a good end. So in in these ways, the issue is problematic. I think if we really want to sum this up, one of the ways we can sum this up is to look at J.K. Rowling's. Now, my understanding of J.K. Rowling's is that she's she's a, a, a Christian, mm-hmm. that she's, uh, I think, a member of the Church of Scotland. Now, of course, that is uh, a two-edged sword because, of course, the Church of England now, the Church of Scotland, the Anglican Church, has succumbed to the zeitgeist, has uh, turned its back on Christian orthodoxy. What do you mean by zeitgeist? Uh, the spirit of the age. Right. It, it, it's basically saying that you know, things that are fashionable, so for instance, right. homosexua- homosexuality, because there was these things all accepted by the culture in which we live, that it's, therefore it's okay. So you're a little bit suspicious of, of Rowling's Christian credentials. Exactly. She's okay. a, what sort of Christian is she? Right. That, that's the real issue. So the other thing here, therefore, which causes me a little bit of reserve and worry, and I have to express my own point of view, because my, my point of view is that eh, Harry Potter's about witches and magic. All children's literature is about that. However, I can see the problems, because not only are the heroes, Harry and his friends, presented as witches, which make it all right, but as I understand the plot lines, it's the good witches versus the bad witches. Right. And this is exactly what Wicca and the, the new age and the purveyors of modern witchcraft would like us to believe. Right. They would say, oh, we're white witches. We cast spells and we give blessings and, and we sort of uh, go around and bless houses and help people to get better. And we do healings because we're white witches. We never do anything bad. We, we don't like those bad black witches. Of course, from a Christian, Orthodox Christian perspective, we want to say to them, uh, hang on, witches are witches. Right. If you're using the powers of paganism, the powers of what we would call demons, 
Uh, and if it's not a- the Lord Jesus and angels, then it's demons. If you're using any other spiritual powers, you might say that we're healing people and blessing people and doing good things and bringing peace on earth. But you're using dark force to do that, and you're, you're playing with fire. Absolutely. And also implicit in Wicca and implicit in Harry Potter is a dualism. There's both good and evil in the cosmos from its inception. Rather than the world was made by a good God and, and the world itself is good, but corrupted by our evil and we're living with the consequences of that evil. Rather than that understanding of a good God who's ultimately going to be triumphant over all evil, right. we have this dualism where there's this battle between these two equal forces, the dark side and the white side, right. dark side and the light side, and which side's going to triumph? Well, we, we, we can't really be sure. And that, of course, also plays into relativism. So the, all of these problems are implicit in Harry Potter. Let me just say one thing here, though, because how are we discussing this? Are we saying, does Harry Potter deserve our imprimatur? that Harry Potter is perfect, it's okay, there's nothing wrong with it. No, we're not saying that. But we could say, that, you know, of most works of literature, you know, uh, there are problems with it. Should someone right. read Graham Greene? Should someone read George Orwell's 1984? George Orwell's not a Christian at all. The point is, what we need to do is to be able to praise these works from an Orthodox Christian perspective. In the case of experts, let me just say that the one expert that I follow more than these three is my wife, <laughs> right. And she said, you know, the, the irony about the whole Harry Potter phenomenon is that those parents who are most worried about it are those who have the least to worry about. And, and perhaps we can return to that later. I'd like to talk about that further. Um, we're talking with Joseph Pierce. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and you're listening to more Christianity, exploring the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. We're having a wonderful discussion here this afternoon about the demonic and the influence of the devil in culture and how it might influence our lives and influence the lives of our children, which is very important. Joseph Pierce is a well-known author and biographer. He goes around the world lecturing on the great Catholic writers, Chesterton and Tolkien, Belloc, and a whole range of others. And he is also the editor of St. Austin Review. This is a bi-monthly magazine it's got some great articles about Catholic culture, all the sort of things we're discussing here on uh, More Christianity. You'll find there in writing from a whole range of wonderful writers, talking about film, talking about music, talking about literature, poetry, novels, the whole range of Catholic arts. You can subscribe to the St. Austin Review at staustinreview.com. There's an online version for $20 a year, and you can also get a print version, which is always nice to hold in your hand for $40 a year. Joseph is the editor. He writes a monthly column there, and um, we encourage you to go and check out the website and check out the St. Austin Review. Again, this is More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, your host, and we're talking with Joseph Pierce today about Harry Potter and the influence of evil in the world and in the lives of our children. So, Joseph, your wife Susanna came up with this words of wisdom. Tell me what it was again, that those who are most worried have the least to worry about and those who don't worry are the ones who should worry or something like that. Exactly. Okay. I mean, her, her position is you know, that Christian parents who read with their children, who discuss faith and morals and theology with their children, who will hopefully, presumably, read Harry Potter with them or at least be reading it as well and make sure you're discussing you know, what does this mean? Is this good, this bad? Okay, then, uh, you know, this is absolutely right. Sometimes I sit and watch a movie with my kids, and um, it'll be 95% a decent movie. It'll be a funny comedy. It'll be a family film. And then suddenly, you know what it's like. Some character will walk in who's got some language right down in the gutter, or they've got an attitude, or they've got some behaviors. And I can feel my kids get a little bit itchy because oh, I don't want dad to be watching this with me sort of thing. And I will always try to then speak about that issue and say, hang on, his language isn't very good, is it? No, it's not. 
And then I say, well, maybe he's just the kind of character who's a bad character who would use that kind of bad language. Oh, I see. So you can explain these things and, and not justify them or say they're okay, but understanding literature, realize that bad characters will use bad language. Right. Uh, and uh, it doesn't mean that, uh, that they're, they're good characters. They're being portrayed as bad characters. Well, in good literature, they're being portrayed as bad characters. Exactly. In bad literature, the bad characters might be being, being portrayed as sympathetic characters. Right. This is exactly the sort right. of thing that you need to be discussing and which I think good Christian parents do discuss with their children. Whereas, on the other hand, the other side of these words of wisdom are that the parents that don't bother to monitor what their children are reading, that don't bother to read or watch with their children that don't discuss faith, that don't go to church. These are the, the children that are most in danger of taking up the occult, being very, very endangered by the involvement with the occult that you were talking about in the first half of the program. Right. So that, I think, is what, what my wife is getting at, that as long as, as long as we are keeping an eye on what our children are reading and discussing it with them, and something like Harry Potter, make sure that we understand. Right. Also, you know, it is worrying when you go into Barnes & Noble and you see next to the Harry Potter books a do-it-yourself witchcraft case, a little book on how you can be like Harry Potter and cast spells and here's your own magic wand. Well, this is real occult stuff. And you can see how it could draw innocent children into the occult. As you say, especially those who, are, who, who live in a faith vacuum, who never go to church, who have no faith, have never been baptized, have none of the defenses in place. I can see what Susanna means, that those are the ones who are actually endangered, whereas I believe as a priest that if you're, you're taking your kids to Mass and your confession and you're living the faith yourself and they've been baptized and you're praying together and you're staying close to God, my own feeling is that Harry Potter, while it may not be perfect, may not be that dangerous. I think I would myself prefer to direct my kids towards Tolkien and Lewis's works and other classical works. Well, let's look at it this way as well, you know, that when the first Harry Potter books were, were coming out, they were very chunky volumes, several hundred pages long. Right. And pe- many children were reading books for the first time because of Harry Potter. And that gets the habit. And they start, they go from Harry Potter and start reading C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. That's a step in the right direction. But aren't you just recommending that they do something evil for the sake of good? No, I'm not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, be- I don't believe that reading Harry okay. Potter is necessarily evil. <laughs> right. I agree with you. And I think it's one of these things where you have to be discerning, where you have to read with your eyes wide open and with your brain engaged. And God gave you his, his gift of reason, gave you the, the rationale, and that running away from it, it is not necessarily the, the best option, but to engage with it cautiously and prayerfully and instruct our children and share with them. And also, and I would just like to end on this, to say that while Satan's influence is real, I remember an exorcist I spoke to in England, and he said nine times out of ten, to overcome any sort of evil, all this required is for Christians to get together and pray the Lord's Prayer and invoke his protection because God and his angels is far more powerful than Satan and all his minions. You're listening to More Christianity. My guest today has been Joseph Pierce, well-known author, biographer, and we've been discussing Harry Potter and the danger it might or might not do with your family. Tune in again to More Christianity where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. More Christianity explores the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church and comes to you from the WCKI studios in upstate South Carolina. Tune in every week for Father Dwight Longenecker's perspectives on Catholic culture, social issues, saints, converts, and the supernatural aspects of the Catholic faith. For more about Father Longenecker's work, his website is dwightlongenecker.com.